roll. Anyway, um, so I'm going to start. Welcome to the Wages of Cinema, and uh, we're back with the local vocal series. Very happy about that. We've been on hiatus for that for a little while. Um, but one of the great things about this show is you never know who uh, is going to walk through the door. And uh, today we have... Uh, oh, I dropped my phone for a minute. I'll, I'll keep that in there. But um, I... Uh, it's been way too. It's it's. We're on episode eleven technically for this series, and been too long. Uh, wait, uh, way too long a wait to get our first uh, woman director, and uh, that's something that I'm very happy to say that we're finally uh, cracking that egg today. And so I'm pleased to welcome Rissa Pappas to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. Great to have you. Um. So, I guess I should first say say that. I mean, you do a lot. You have a lot of different hats in terms of how you do film production and stuff like that. But yeah. with uh, with directing, this is something that, um, uh, well, especially with this new project, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a minute. Do you see yourself as being kind of like one thing? Like I do no. this, I do that, or you're just I'll do whatever I can to I, I work in the field. I'm kind of all over the place. I mean, I don't. I mean. It's it's kind of ridiculous to be like I am a director because it's like okay well when are you ever going to get a job if you only directed one thing you have to do other things you have to you have to kind of play the field and and just take what comes along and and check every position out I mean every position that you're capable of doing and and really sort of just get a a better feel for the whole picture of how it works like if you just if I don't know I, I had a lot of contemporaries in in college who were just above it all and oh, I'm, I'm i'm going to be a director i'm going to be a screenwriter i'm going to, it's like okay well you know good luck on that but yeah. you know if you're if you're also if your day job is like working at little caesars <laughs> was that really yeah. helpful to you to to do that or is it possibly better to go you know bust your ass as a production assistant for a little while yeah no that's something that uh yeah i could definitely relate to that too because when i like you know i first started out, i was trying to write scripts but then i also you know, thought, all right, maybe I should just be on a set and see how that thing works. Yeah, you need to know how that those dynamics play out. I yeah. try to get on as many sets as I possibly can. Mm. Yeah, well, that's what I've sort of seen over time is that, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've produced a bit. You've been uh, a script supervisor. You actually mm -hmm. helped me out on a project with that. and uh, But also a lot of stuff doing with sound yeah. as well. Like, I, I noticed, like, if you go to, like, uh, the official IMDb list <laughs> of things. Uh, yeah, sound, I, sound, I think, is what I have the most credits under. Yeah, was that just something that kind of happened? Was that, like, one of the things that interested you the most when you were uh I think what, what, what mainly interested me was, was because it was the thing that people were consistently doing wrong. Like, young filmmakers and, you know, people just starting out, people in college or just got out of college... Audio is like the redheaded stepchild of the whole industry. Oh, absolutely. And we all say that. Everybody who does audio says that. And it's it's true, though. We wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. And mm -hmm. it's it's so often neglected or done badly or left till the last minute. Like, every time I've ever been on a set, they don't bring an audio person for low-budget stuff. They don't bring an audio person in during the pre-production phase. They're just like, okay, we need a boom op for the day. And it's like, all right, but if you would have brought your audio person in in advance yeah. to walk around and scope out your scene and and, mm. and think about all these things that you definitely won't be able to think about 
you you could be saving yourself so much trouble. And then what ends up happening is the people, you know, you're sitting there, you're ready to do a take, hold for sound, hold for sound, hold for sound. You hear it over and over and over again, and then everybody on set mm. is mad at the audio guy. And it's like, well, if you'd have brought him in beforehand, <laughs> maybe he would have said, please don't use this location. It's going to be a nightmare. Don't do, Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I, I won't say what it was, but I was recently on a production which uh, happened to t- take place right near an airport and it didn't really seem like that, but it was in a part of the city where like at first everything seemed okay. And then like a hundred airplanes go by in a day and uh, it's like, wait, didn't anybody scout this? And also the other thing too, I mean, you could even send a sound person the script so maybe they can get a sense of, you know, the scenes. Yeah. We don't get sides. Nobody gives us sides. It's just, Oh, we need, I need an audio guy. I I, I got a text one time. I was up on, I put my cell phone number up on Mandy. Don't ever do that. (laughs) And I got a, I got a, I got a text message at four o'clock in the morning and they were like, Hey, can you do audio at uh, 7am in the Bronx? And I was just like, First of all, no. <laughs> I'm sleeping. No. And 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 they didn't discuss like pay or nothing like that. But but it was like first of all, no, I'm not going to do that. Second of all, this is way this isn't just way too late because I was asleep. This is way too late because you're never going to get really good quality audio from that. You're just mm-hmm. never going to get it. Sure. You, you can't you can't leave that till the last possible second. It you know, Film is an audio-visual medium. Audio is in the name. It comes A comes before V in the alphabet. It should be priority number one. Yeah. And tied with whatever your you know your DP and your sound designer should be equal in terms of their importance on your set. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have, like you know when I made when I made a feature, I like I, I probably I not, not probably I definitely paid my sound guy probably more than my DP. I mean, you really should, but. Uh, you know, cause well, also because just the equipment alone, you want to have oh good God, yeah. equipment to record with. You know, like they're yep. and you know you can definitely tell after a while doing this with mixers and also post sound too. Mm-hmm. That that also that can be really tricky having oh, yeah. someone who knows not just how to record the sound, but then how to actually get the levels right. And I don't know about post. you. Once I once I got my post guy, it's like, oh, I'm I'm never letting go of you now, buddy. Like, I'm, you're on you're working every one of my projects now <laughs> because you did it right and you did yeah. it quickly. It's like as soon as you can find somebody who does sound, you know. And it's like I Oh, I, of course. Yeah. I know my I know my limits and I'm not super professional. I don't have the best possible equipment. I know how to get decent audio when you throw me into it last minute, which is what always happens, but you know, I'm definitely not the best person ever it's just that it was a thing that people consistently needed and yeah. didn't have mm. or it was a thing that people were consistently overlooking that i was like man i care about you too much to let your project be a pile of crap because yes. you didn't do this so let me come and boom up for you let me come and do this and that you know so i didn't mm. at first it, it was just about you know everybody's a friend when you're first starting out, all you know is your friends. So yeah. It's like, I'm not going to let your project suffer. I care about you, and I care about your vision. Mm. So it was like, well, I guess I'll just do audio for your project, because that's all you yeah. apparently need right now. Yeah. Porn is another good example. <laughs> porn? porn porn has the worst audio of anything <laughs> ever. It's awful. <laughs> I actually... I don't know if I, I... I try to think of, do I notice the audio when I'm when I'm watching porn? I usually I notice how bad it is. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I'm not one of those people who can just like look at a picture and be excited by that. I mean, I need to hear it. I need, <laughs> that's part of the experience. Like, what am I bothering? 
you know, if you just if you're sitting there like whacking off with the the TV on mute, like you're missing half the fun, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Like I even went so far as like I had a system. I had like a, a system that I designed to get to capture good audio in porn, but I've I don't know anybody who works in porn, so I can't give this gift uh, to anybody. I, I, I so if any of your listeners are are doing pornography <laughs> and want some audio assistance, the funny thing is, I actually I won't say who it is on mic, but I know somebody who had kind of mused about. Uh, Maybe making a porn movie, and uh, I wrote a porno. Actually. <laughs> I don't know if I should. I wasn't even going to ask. I wrote. A yes, porno. I, I always think about my guests. Ask them if they've had yeah. any porno experience. Yeah, it's on, your, it's on your checklist of questions. Like inside the actor studio, he always asks those specific <laughs> questions. Have you ever thought about doing porn don't, in don't, some capacity? Don't forget, listeners, the wages of cinema is porn. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I. I I, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to try it just because it's you know. Well, the funny. Thing, I mean, there is that point where, frankly, I, I've had I've had days where I just think, you know, it'd probably just be a heck of a lot easier just to get into porn. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if I if I had the contacts, I would be getting gigs every weekend because there's so much product out there. They're churning that stuff out. It's, yeah, and especially like the the gay porn, like that's like even more that, that makes even more money than straight porn. I mean, there's just they, they talked about I I forget what it was. I'm not going to even try to guesstimate the figures cuz I'll I'll fudge them and then I sound like an idiot um at at the risk of that. Um but they there were there was a a kind of an article about just the size of the internet hmm. and they theorized that like an insanely high percentage of the internet, like may, uh, possibly up to like 90% is porn. Mm. So it's like, it's out there and they're making it and they're making tons of it and people are getting <laughs> paid to make it. And you know, that's, Which, that seems like something, I feel like that's just a river of money that's flowing somewhere near me. And I just can't see it. It's like a river underground. Oh, of course. And I have not gone spelunking enough to find these people and figure out where all this money is. Oh, of course. Yeah, but no. It's there somewhere. Oh, yeah, no. There was like uh, not to get too off track, but like there was like, <laughs> <laughs> we probably have, but like but no, there was like this documentary I saw on Netflix called uh, Hot Girls Wanted. I, I saw that too. Rashida Jones yeah. was on was a producer. It was, yeah, and it was all about the world of amateur porn and it's like you have these guys who are making money left and right off these girls who yep. You know, go to Miami or go to L.A. and it's like, you know, and it, it, the movie tried to make it look very sad, even though the thought is, well, you're making a lot of money, <laughs> but yeah. maybe it's just a short period of time type yeah, these, of thing. These girls were in and out in a couple of months, and then it was like, well, your career was over. Yeah, that's um, kind of sad. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's it's hard for me as a woman to be like, hey, I would like to work in porn hmm. without that meaning as an actress. <laughs> And that is not what I mean. You, you yeah, being like a, a porn director. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to just do. I would love to just test out this audio system that I have in my in my mind. Like I have, like you know, I've got like schematics for this porn audio system, and it's, I would just love to you try could, it. You, sometime. you need, yeah, you need to find the right producer that you can pitch to and be like, okay, I know that you're making a lot of money, but trust me, you will make 
five times that if you have my audio system. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't think anybody... That's the problem. I think most people don't give a damn if the audio is actually good or not. I think it's just, I think it's just audio people who care about the audio and porn. Mm, well, I guess part of, maybe part of the problem, too, is that you know certain people will watch porn, but they'll turn down the volume yeah. so that they can would, not bother anybody else I in I would their only house be making lonely audio engineers happy, which <laughs> I don't know why. Lonely and audio engineer is pretty synonymous. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's... I'm just kidding. Yeah. I know well, I know a lot of audio engineers. <laughs> they're sad, sad people. Oh. Uh, no, they're all right. No, yeah. Um, I don't know how an easy way to transition into it, <laughs> but let's talk about the... Let's talk about the... I nearly this, did a spit take. Yeah, sorry. All right, so there's this new thing coming out called... Uh, <laughs> let me get the title right. It's called Someday You'll Be My Wife. Someday and it's, You'll Be My Wife. Yeah, and it's by... Now, the group that does this, Tiger Man, now, you can actually, uh, at the moment, there's a teaser for it, which I watched yeah. uh, for it. Is that, was that okay? <laughs> yeah. It seemed pretty cool. Like, no, really, it's um, because, and I guess this will be a question I'll ask in a moment, but when you watch the teaser, it actually <laughs> throws up the names of, I guess, the band. It's yeah. like, you have Kurt the Heartthrob, yeah. and you have... Jay, the sensitive one, mm-hmm. and Rory, the teddy bear, and and Adam, the bad boy. <laughs> were, were those... Um... Now, I guess before we get into that, though, how did you meet these guys? Um, so, Tiger Man has, has been around since 2010, 2011, and, um, as, as a band. But all of the members went to William Patterson. Oh, okay. So, they were uh, probably, like, five years ahead of me. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't know. All I knew was the sax player Adam Corelli, and I knew him from going and and frequenting the local watering hole, and he would he would be down there. So I just knew him initially as that really crazy funny guy at the bar all the time. Right. And it kind of just it, it grew sort of socially where we just kept running into each other, and then they formed this band, and it was like, hey, let's go see Adam's new band play. They're they're supposed to be pretty pretty weird. So I went to go see them, and I just thought they were so cool. Are they kind of like a uh... I don't know, my, the very first impression I got was a little bit of like a ska type thing, because they have a horn. No, they they like to refer to themselves as ass jazz. <laughs> ass jazz? They're just, they're wow. really, they're like this, they're like this, they're sort of like a, a jam band, but they take all the crappy aspects of a jam band out of it, so it's like they so don't go So it's not overindulgent on. solos. No, it's not. It's They don't go on for like 20 minutes. They don't like just, they don't just sit there and, and just rock out forever and ever and ever and not care if the audience is still with them or not. Okay. Their songs are longer than an average like pop song, but sure. they're definitely way shorter than, you know. A mm. fish track so yeah <laughs> they're they're really kind of in a sweet spot for my personal taste and their stuff is just this mixture of silly and like spooky kind of like they're a little mm. bit dark they're a little bit crusty you know well, but they're also yeah. really fun yeah um and i think that their music sort of reflects who they are as people mm. um so they're really you know, I met the rest of the the band after going and seeing them a couple of times, and they're all just really, really fun, really, really weird people. Well, I was gonna ask just as a, as a small thing in the in the teaser, you see like the people in the band playing, and they all are wearing masks. Was that something that they were doing, or something that you asked them to do? No, that's something that they do every every show. <laughs> 
I made them put nice. on nice suits. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was the one okay. who said you should dress nicely. This is your music, you know. This is oh, your okay. this is your film about you guys. Like you so, should. So so do they show up wearing? Nice. So at other gigs they show up wearing masks and then like t-shirts and jeans. They have um they are sponsored by a company called Zubaz um oh. and they may they have like tiger striped um pants and mm. tiger shirts like they just wear tiger huh. paraphernalia of all so, kinds they're constantly buying new tiger gear and like switching up their tiger outfits so so forgive the comparison because i'm actually not a big fan of this band but it almost sounds a little bit like a a, a super low rent kiss <laughs> yeah but they're much cooler than Kiss. yeah no no of course i don't mean to compare them in that way but like how kiss goes on in like a uniform have, and has on like like there aren't their tiger man stuff. brand coffins or anything okay that's so, good yeah. as far as we know so far as we yeah if there are they're not affiliated with tiger man mm. it's you know it's some very twisted um um person who works at a funeral home yes that's a, that's a big fan that we just don't know about yet mm. so for this song though like had you talked to them before about maybe working with them like had they done a lot of things like this i kind of said i kind of became really friendly with uh kurt the guitar player and i was like what are you guys trying to do like hmm. where where do you see this band going like what's what's the the point of this 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 insanity and he he sort of intimated to me that they were really kind of ready to sort of push themselves in different directions and do you know go go really full bore at it and and try to get you know mm. into different venues and doing different things and just kind of putting themselves out there in different ways and they're trying to come up with ways to do that um so i i, I kind of just was like man it, it just sort of was like two two different things just happened to coincide and it just kind of made sense in my mind. One of which being that they wanted to do something cool and they don't have anything visual like that going on. Mm. And then part of it was me being like, man, I should really just direct something already. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. so it just sort of made sense. I was like, ah, I don't, it was, it was like, I have a script for a short. I like it. It's not there yet. Mm. I'm not ready to make it yet. And to make it, I would need, probably in the neighborhood of like $20,000. Oh, I don't okay. have $20,000 right now, so, but I want to do something right now. Mm. So what could I do that's not going to cost me, you know, a loan's worth of, you know, like half of half of my student loan debt or whatever to mm -hmm. to to make. And this this didn't cost 20 grand, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Budget is, it's unfortunate how much budget is a concern. But yeah, that, that can sometimes just, you know, that, that can definitely wreck you if you're, you know, trying to figure out, okay, I'll have enough money for this day, and then maybe, I'll, and then I can put off an old money for this day, and then all of a sudden, like, oh no, but what if we're going to need a third day, or to something like that? Yeah, we shot for, we had like six production days. Oh, wow, for, uh, for a seven minute short. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> it actually comes up to be like... A, almost 10 minutes with like the opening credits and closing credits and, and all that kind of stuff yeah because I, I was talking to you a little bit before we started recording that this is a little bit more like a musical short film as opposed to just yeah a usual music it's video an, yeah it's an experience it's definitely broader than just a, a music video and it, it the what you see in the trailer that i put out which is them playing like that is i use probably like 10 seconds of that footage in the actual <laughs> short film. Wow. Um, 
So part of the reason I made the trailer of that was because I hadn't used that footage. And I was like, I want to use footage that I have that's great. And I don't mm -hmm. want to give anything away. <laughs> I'm just being really, I'm really being really super guarded about the whole thing. I just don't want to give anything away. So I there are a lot of surprises. Oh my God. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's an odyssey that, that we, that we take the viewer on. <laughs> And there's so, so many different parts mm. to it. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Well, without talking about what what happens or what, what sort of like that, I mean, like as you're as sort of getting into doing it. So is there like a script for this, or were you kind of there like is a script. flying into it? Okay. There is a script. Um, and and it. You, you I like your face right now. You're kind of like, well, there is, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it kind of very loose, like more like an outline or something? Yeah. What I what we first did basically, I got them all in a room. Um, they were gonna they 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 were doing like a, a band practice, and I said, okay, uh, before your band practice officially starts, let's just kind of talk about it. Like, what are you guys interested in? What are mm. you thinking? And we had like this this ridiculous like stream of consciousness kind of discussion where it was just like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And I'm just, I'm just type, I'm just furiously typing it down. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me look at that for that on eBay real quick. Yeah. We can buy that for $13. Let's do it. And I'm just, just so pr almost, almost everything that was suggested is in there. Like almost because it was like so you almost became like their st like their secretary. Or yeah, I, well, it was like I was contributing too, but it was just like it was just I got five five guys saying crazy stuff to me, and then I'm I'm saying crazy stuff, and I'm just trying to get as much of it down as possible. Yeah, and then it and then was, your job is to try to make it semi coherent from there. Yeah, sort of. I mean, it's a weird journey, and it's not. I wouldn't. I would say it's much closer to being. Uh, experimental than like a straight narrative mm. um the way that we kind of laid it out is that it's starring tiger man but it's not like they played themselves doing a thing it's not like a hard day's night you know it's, sure it's much wackier than that it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and the you're never going to figure it out because there's nothing to figure out. It's just, it's just going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to happen to you and you're going to deal with it and you're going to love it. Well, it's, it's kind of, it's funny that you're mentioning that, that sort of weird head spacey type of experience. Cause I mean, we, uh, I mean, I, as you, we, we, we both have gone, kind of gone through the uh, heaven is now experience. Yeah. And that's also something that's very experimental and just right. like nothing people have really seen before very or they haven't seen it quite like this. Yeah. So I don't know if it's fair to compare that in any way, shape or form, but do you see Tiger Man maybe as being kind of like in that wheelhouse of trying to be like something very different? Well, the, the thing is that, all of it now, all of it now makes sense to me. Mm. I'm the only person that it probably makes complete sense to. Because mm. when I was going through, basically they just gave me a ton of different ideas. Mm -hmm. And I, I whittled them down to kind of the core concepts of each of the major things that they that we all kind of talked about together. Yeah. And then I listened to the song. I was mm. like, what song do you, wanna, do you guys think that we should do it for? And they said... Oh, someday I'll be my wife. It's like our one of our newest tracks. It's one of our strongest new tracks. Mm. We're really pumped about it. Uh, we want to release it. This would be a good way to do that. Um, little did we know it would take like almost a full year for this whole thing to happen. Oh, really? I so that's how long this process has been going on? Yeah, it was last 
it it might have been um sometime in May maybe that oh. we had this sit down that started mm. this this snowball of craziness rolling. Wow. So I just sat there and listened to the song mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again. And I kind of put together like, well, what this this thing that we came up with, this would kind of go good here because of the pacing and the nature of this section. Maybe it should go with this part of the song. Because there's some parts of the song that are kind of quicker and driving Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then there's parts of it that kind of are a little bit calmer and a little bit slower. So because the song itself, all of their songs are kind of roller coaster ish Hmm. in the way that they, that they do them. They, they don't stay on one thing for too terribly long. Mm. They they have this kind of of like a, well, when you call it, well, kind of vibe. Well, well, again, well, well, aside from saying ass jazz, I mean, you know, with jazz, you have your one solo, then you go into another and then another. So there's multiple solos in the song. Mm. There's, there's parts that do repeat, but they don't repeat like, for a very long period of time. So there's lots of different sections. So would you say then that a lot of the ideas were coming like, so they immediately knew what song they wanted to do in conjunction in that meeting. Yeah. They were like, Oh, why don't we do this song? This is the strongest new material that we have. It's the most fleshed out. We like it a lot. So we yeah. listened to it. I was like, that's, that's it seemed fine pretty, by me. Again, from the little snippet that I heard, it seems pretty exciting and kind of upbeat. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. a fun track. Mm-hmm. So the yeah the footage that's in the it's in the trailer is just I don't know I just I knew that that was the footage that I wanted to use but I didn't know how I wanted to use it mm. and it just came to me like why won't because uh, the because we're pushing them as the stars of the thing yeah so I wanted to make you know the 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 film is nothing like a hard day's night but I wanted to kind of evoke that in the trailer mm-hmm. a little bit like he here's the guys yeah. it it was very much like Backstreet Boys ish. <laughs> Because it's like they're not remotely like that as people. Uh, so how can I kind of push them into, you know, making them seem like they're like, you know, they would be in like Tiger Beat or whatever. Because <laughs> that's the, you know, it made sense. You know, I was like, Tiger Beat, Tiger Man. Oh, my God. Holy crap. They're the Backstreet Boys, but they're Tiger Man. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? And it just it tickled me to no end. I just thought it was so funny. that I was like, I'm doing this for my own gratification of nothing else. This is hilarious to me. <laughs> So it's like, oh, Kurt, he's the heartthrob. No, you know, Jay, oh, he's the sensitive one. Yeah, and Joe's the mysterious one. He's so mysterious. <laughs> so, so you gave them the monikers. I did. Not... They, they had no idea that that was what the trailer <laughs> was going to be. And then I was just like, here you go, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and hopefully they take that well enough. They, um, they, they seem okay with it. That's cool. They're very laid-back people. So, you know, I'm not, rarely have I thrown anything at them that they're like, what the hell are you doing? Because <laughs> usually it's me asking them, like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So mm. it's not, yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Mm. We're, that's the great thing about them is that we, we kind of, everybody's got their own brand of crazy, and their crazy and my crazy are complementary crazies. So it worked out. That's usually the best way to work out. Yeah. Creatively, they're very, they're very good. They're very quick with associations and and off the cuff and, and just playing crazy scenarios out to like the nth degree. And then, you know, just like the, I have an avalanche of like inside jokes with these guys that are just, it was just, it was just one, one ridiculous comment led to another, led to another. Mm. And that's really kind of. When you when you find creative people like that in your life that you yeah. have the 
you know you're in the position to collaborate with mm-hmm. like hold on to those people oh absolutely yeah of course you know it's uh it's one thing if yeah if they're if they start off as kind of friends but if they become even closer like spiritually in that sense it's you can't lose that you you always want to work with your friends you're always like you know you graduate from college or something and you're like oh this is my this is my friend and we're gonna make movies together and you have these these great ideas of who you know i'm well, we're gonna do these things together and then sometimes it's just you're just it's just not sometimes the the magic just isn't there or the magic was there and then the magic goes away well i mean the i think that a lot the dream for a lot of people and i i feel this a lot is uh you know, it's this idea of almost having like a stock company. Like I have worked with this actor in this stratosphere of making things for like millions of dollars. You know, can you still maintain that? Like, you know, I think that's probably why, like when I was a lot younger, I probably envied Kevin Smith a lot. Cause I'm like, you're just working with your friends all the time. What are you doing? Oh, I know. Adam Sandler too. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he's the poster child. He's just for bankrolling just... his buddies forever and ever yeah. and ever. And quality be damned, mm. apparently. Yeah, but but something like that obviously is much different than say, you know, obviously try to help them out in some mm. way or other, you know, because it's like you're those these these are your friends and and anybody that you worked with in the industry, every shoot feels like it. Every shoot is is some kind of ordeal. Every <laughs> shoot stuff is gonna go wrong. Yeah, and you're gonna have to keep fighting. Time out. <laughs> You know, yeah. your general has to kind of keep you going too. Just you know, and that's the old cliche of the general, like the director. But you know, it's it's kind of true. If especially if you're trying to lead people, but at the same time, though, unlike in war, where there's like a chain of command, you all now. <clears throat> this is also a. Um, I'd be remiss to say that this is a. Uh, if I didn't say that this is a killer goose film. Yeah. You know, this is a production with. Uh, killer goose. The, the the group that you're with, Killer Goose. So. Um, since, just, since 2008, there, yeah. there's been Killer Goose. Yeah, I mean, I the funny thing is that William Patterson, I think I had left by the time that the sort of Killer Goose group had kind of formed, but yeah. I was kind of there, I guess, maybe watching it happen through my friends and sort right. of seeing how, um, and I guess in a way that that's been something that, again, now it's 2016, you know, go back to like 2008, or mm-hmm. like obviously you guys knew each other before that. Yeah. That's like a series of collaborations that... I imagine I've just gotten richer over time. I mean, we, we are, it was, I wasn't like brought in as, as a goose. Um, until. <laughs> Is that how, how they're called in the group? Yeah. We're geese, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like a motorcycle club, except I'm the only one with a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the de facto president of the Killer Goose Motorcycle Club if it ever forms because I'm the only <laughs> one with a hog. But yeah, um, but so like yeah, so when you are doing something like this music video, immediately you look to that group, right? Oh yeah, I mean there was not a doubt in my mind that Clark Clark Mayer was going to be shooting it. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted anybody else to shoot it. Yeah, well and, he's and he's like the he's like a super premier cinematographer in my mind i did i did pretty much everything possible to 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 sort of schedule the shoots it was like well i need probably all five tiger men for this Mm. but i need to also consider clark mayer what's his availability because he's you know he's one of the he's in super high demand and i you know i tried to take that i tried to take his time really seriously um because he's just he's on fire man he's fantastic Mm -hmm. so yeah, there was never a doubt that he was going to be on on board 
Mm. Um, and, and everybody else, I was like, I don't have anything specific for you guys to do. I just need you guys to be there, man. I just, I just need you to be there and, and fix the things that are going to pop up that I don't know about because they haven't mm-hmm. happened yet. <laughs> I, just, well, I just need my rock. Yeah. Well, well, you know, to that point though, on the other, on the flip side of that, you know, they've done projects and you've been there. So obviously that yeah. kind of balance is usually there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, when I don't have anything specific to do, I'm kind of just kicking, kicking everybody, kicking every project along. Like, okay, we said we were going to do this. All right, let's have a meeting. Mm. Everybody come to my house. Mm. It's always been, you know, my, my, my house is always going to be where people can feel free to come and Mm. collaborate and, and do, you know, I try to be open to that kind of thing and be like, Hey, you guys, you guys want to talk about some stuff? Hey, come, come on over and get some beers. We're going to have a talk. (laughs) I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just lonely. Maybe I just want people to come to my house. Oh. Maybe I'm getting yeah. Maybe I'm 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 double dipping here. I'm getting 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 two things out of it. But yeah, I, I you know, it, I'm I'm the first person to be like, hey, you want to do this? Awesome. Mm. Let's do it. Let's get on board right now. Let's do it. And I'm pumped. So. Yeah. Well, I guess also the thing too. I mean, you know, they've done a variety of. I've seen a lot of the variety of projects that have come out over yeah. the years. I mean, there's been we are all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there's been sci-fi and horror and documentaries. I yep. mean, uh, keep punching. That was Dale's movie, right? Yes. Was that kind of? I guess that's a killer goose project. That is, that is a killer goose project. It's our only documentary to date. Um, although I would love to make another one. Um, yeah. And I am working on it. Yeah, well, one. yeah, we'll definitely talk about that for sure. Um, I notice a lot of projects too. You're, you guys are heavily involved with the 48-hour film project. We have like been every yeah, year for the past like. for the past five years, and we've mm. ended up making six total because one year we were asked to do like a second round kind of thing. Mm. Um, second. So you mean you made a second film? Yeah. So we did two in one year. Oh. Um, and that was really cool. We yeah. were one of only like five New York teams that were asked to do that, so that was neat. Um, we didn't win anything for doing it, but it was kind of just it, it was like it was supposed to be more of like an advertising film, a film advertisement. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I think I remember that. So we, you know, we were like, you know what, this is kind of interesting. What, what we've never been asked to do anything like that before. Let's just try it and just do it, just so we can say that we did it hmm. for the experience, if nothing else. Yeah, it's it's cool because. The 48-hour film project is a way to kind of, no matter what everybody else is doing, you know, Dale's got a daughter, Scott is now married, people are moving and changing jobs and careers are taking off and, you know, thing, you know, people have lives, but we've always used it as like a once a year, a killer goose is going to do something, whether we want to or not, whether we <laughs> like it or not. We're all getting together and we're gonna do this. We're gonna have one weekend where we just put each other through hell and it's gonna be great. Yeah. But no. it's, it's never actually that bad. Like we always have a, a good time. It's just that the older we get, the harder those hmm. forty eight hours become. Yeah. Well, it's always it, it's a it's a pressure cooker situation because again, you have to come up with a script in like one night and then the next mm-hmm. day you shoot it and then the next day is all post and. You know, you try to get it to as best as you can, but mm-hmm. it's like, but then you look back on it and it's probably, oh God, what were we thinking? Oh yeah, you don't you don't have the benefit of hindsight at all. You don't have the benefit mm. of any kind of distance. You just have to be like, hey, what's this first instinct? Let's go with that one because you don't have time for another one. You just have to roll. You just have to mm. roll with it. And we're lucky in that there are six of us, and we've been lucky enough for the for the past five years that we've been doing it that. 
if somebody doesn't have an idea but somebody else does mm-hmm. whenever somebody has the idea yeah it's usually a pretty decent one yeah well usually the thing too because the they also give you parameters too it's like they give mm-hmm. you the genre they they have to use this name you have to use this prop right um and and oddly enough i actually kind of took that principle in my filmmaking class too because that's just as an assignment sort of yeah as part of their final project nice but uh that's some yeah that's i mean if i were teaching like a, a proactive kind of hands-on sort of film class i would definitely be making them do something like that you're like listen you got two days you got this weekend yeah well no well, well, i leave them well, i leave them freedom to work but i also but i think but it was another professor that suggested to me like oh you should uh you know, give them these. You have to have these shots, and you have to use this name. Right. And if you're too free reign with it, people, you'll get people who will do really interesting stuff. You'll get people who will do really bad stuff. Yeah. You get people who will do pretty much nothing because you didn't you didn't give them any standards. Yeah. So there are some people who are just racing to the bottom. Yeah. Which is the unfortunate reality of education. They don't care. Like no. they just are there to do the bare minimum. No. And that always kind of bumps me out. But it's like you can't, you know, I can't, I can't force you to. No, no. I can't force you, you to exactly. give a damn. So. No, I, I can only, you know, you can only really hope to reach, you know, keep the kids interested who do really care. Yeah. And maybe see if you can spark something in the ones who are mildly interested. Right. And for the ones who don't give a shit, it's just all right. Whatever. Yeah, I used to. <laughs> I, I used to. Te- I used to do like a, a a fun like movie trivia kind of question thing at the beginning of every class. Like they would come in and I would have like a question on the whiteboard. But it's like they all have phones. <laughs> just gonna look it up on the phone. And it just, just takes all the joy out of my life uh, as a, as a professor. I'm just like, oh, thanks, mm. thank you. I didn't know that your your that my student's name was Google. Mm. I'm sorry. I you know, come on. Mm. But I think my what I've done recently uh, is just like try to open their minds a little bit past what they've probably been just just taken for granted so long about what uh like a clip from the dark knight and try to like i just showed them the scene and then said okay now let's talk about why this scene is incomprehensible (laughs) (laughs) and break it down i know i was going off track but there's limits i do actually i part of my the the film class that i was teaching was um like pretty much an introductory class where you just watch a movie every class. And yeah, talk film about, is medium. Yeah, a specific aspect of filmmaking. So yeah, that's I'm, actually the class I would love to teach someday. To my knowledge, I'm the only person, the only professor that does this, but I will show a bad movie. I will make them watch a horrible mm. movie and be like, okay, articulate to me why it's bad. We all know mm. it's bad. We're all sitting here watching it aghast at how awful it is. But tell me why. And sometimes it's like, well, you know, it it looked bad. I'm like, okay, but what about it looked bad? Mm. And I'm just like, why, 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 why? And then eventually, sometimes you get them to kind of by making them articulate themselves more uh, oh, yeah. succinctly about things or more specifically, mm-hmm. it, they suddenly are just like, oh, and they have that. Sometimes you just watch that 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 look on their faces, yeah, where they're just like, you just watch like a realization just bloom. Yeah, face you're not just you're, wa- like, you're not just watching their their face, and you know they're just thinking what time's lunch. Right, and you <laughs> see this like oh this aha moment, and you're like yes, got him, yeah. got one, got one yeah. for today, and then you walk out feeling like King Kong. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's a yeah that's a great idea. I didn't yeah I didn't quite do that. I think the closest I did was I showed them a video essay, which was about like visual comedy and how 
like most movies just have the very basic like let's show the cityscape let's have this generic song showing our character in a new place and let's not have any creativity about doing basic things to try to get a joke yeah that we'll uh, see that's the 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 script that i wrote the the short that i wanted to shoot but i would need like about 20 grand to do it mm -hmm. that's it's a short comedy Mm. and i part of the reason that I didn't try to push forward on that aside from aside from money. It's just because I'm like, this is really good. Objectively, everybody that I've given it to and I give it to a wide variety of people because I'm like, OK, I don't want anybody to yes me. The the people that you get to read your stuff are, is just as important as any of the actual writing that you do. Mm. And everybody that I gave it to that I'm like, I actually respect your opinion. Everybody kind of universally was like, this is really funny. But I'm like, okay, yes, it's funny, mm. but it, I know that I could, I know that it's like a B plus short. Mm. I want it to be an A plus. Mm. Like you can't tell me there's anything wrong with it cause there isn't, but it could just be better. And, and, uh, it, I kind of just, you know, visual comedy is one of those things where it's like you're not when you're writing a script, you're not always thinking about things in the most visual way possible. You might yeah. have an idea for blocking or mm-hmm. like, oh, she's going to put her hand on his cheek and what like because those things make sense for the story. Yeah. But there's so many other things that you can do yeah. to really tighten it up and to really sort of take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And anytime you think that you're done with dialogue, you're not. Anybody who's like, yeah, this, di- this dialogue is good. Mm-hmm. Why is it good? Why isn't it great? Like Tarantino, everybody, everybody secretly Tarantino is most people's favorite director. Hmm. Everybody will sit there and say, oh, it's this guy. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, he's so great. Oh, it's a Wes Anderson. Oh, he's so great. Spielberg. Oh, he did some such amazing stuff in the 90s. Okay, whatever. Quentin Tarantino is the one members Hmm. because his dialogue is so well done. It's very stylized. Right. And you've got the whole rest of the movie is also really good. Hmm. But there's that. There's that cherry on top of his awesome, awesome dialogue. Mm. And you can't you can't just be like, yeah, the dialogue in my script is good. Why is it just good? He's yeah. the you know, if you if you, why bother making something unless you're gonna try to make Tarantino level dialogue? <laughs> why shoot something unless you're gonna get like Deacon's level cinematography? Yeah. It just you know, it's about pushing yourself. So yeah. no, you yeah, it's uh yeah, because yeah, you're you're constantly learning from one project to the next. It's hard out there for a pimp, you know, but it's equally hard out there for a filmmaker. I would say even more so because, you know, at the end of the day, what is pimping really but accounting and enforcing? And what's filmmaking? That's scheduling. That's catering. That's locations. That's forms. That's insurance. SAG regulations. Permits. There's a lot involved. Casting. Writing, script supervision, audio production, there's a lot more to it than pimping. It probably doesn't make as much money as pimping, though. And Fide probably won't make as much money as pimping. But, like I said, it's more fun. It's a funny thing, too, because right before he came over here, uh, I mean, I don't do a lot of, I don't do like a metric ton of research on every guest, but I'll do like a quick little, you know, look-see on like YouTube or Vimeo or something. And I... And I watched, uh, I guess, a short film that maybe you made back at Willie P called uh, Possibilities. 
Yeah, that was my that was my capstone project. That was like my senior thesis project. Yeah, I found that pretty fascinating because it was like you took a very simple visual idea, yeah. but it was super ex- simple camera trick, you know, or super editing trick. Yeah, it was like without yeah, like you it's... can get you can talk about that. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. That's, that's not going to Sundance. I don't care. No, I mean yeah, I mean you could watch it on Vimeo, and maybe I'll I'll, I'll try to post it on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, have, cinema, have, but... there's, there's a section of the Killer Goose Films website that says early work, and I think it's on there. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. The whole thing is about this girl who's just going to work, and like just you're hates seeing her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, like also, you see like a double in like a kind of vague, like out, mm-hmm. like sort of like not. I'm not gonna say out of focus, but it's like half not there, like almost like a ghost. Yeah. And uh, I guess the ghost kind of messes up her life a little bit. Well, she's the, you know, the, it, the whole thing is it's called possibilities. And it's just like every day you get up and you go to your job that you don't like. Yeah. And every day you get up and, you know, you go you, you go there and mm. you sit there and you do these things that you don't really want to do, but you kind of are obligated to other stuff. Yeah. So they're just like being mischievous or 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 just or doing the the diametrically opposite thing to whatever she has to actually do. Hmm. So sh- it's a script to that. Tris, okay, go do this and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the uh, the ending confused. I guess it's not a big deal. She goes and does a. She does. She's a, like painting. Yeah, like she pretty much like she. Whatever her job is isn't what she wants to be doing. What does she actually want to be doing instead? She, she, apparently, she actually just wants to be a painter. But okay. paint, painting doesn't pay your bills. Mm. So you get and and I think that everybody can kind of everybody who who claims to be any sort of creative type, which is most people, mm. you have your day job, and then if you're if if life doesn't destroy your soul, yeah, you still keep up that other thing that's your true passion your outlet but but there can be times and and i think that everybody can kind of relate to this idea that sometimes you just you just can't get it up for your passion sometimes you're just in such a a crappy mood yeah or or things are going so badly that you're just like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna gonna get a get a canvas Mm. i'm gonna set up a tarp and i'm gonna get all my paints and mix them and sit there and, (laughs) and just you don't feel like it man you just yeah. feel too you just, you just oh, want to oh, zone yeah. out and watch netflix for oh, yeah. 13 straight hours I, I i kind of i kind of resent sometimes that pressure to always create like for you know as a writer I'm, i've always been kind of heard the thing of you need to write every day you're not a real writer right. if you don't go to a typewriter or your keyboard and type and write something right and i and there's yeah there's some days where sometimes you just can't man yeah, you just can't. Yeah, or or the or media like things like shows and stuff make you distracted. But but yeah, no. Some days I'm just not inspired. <laughs> sometimes and some, and you need that. I feel like sometimes though people need to have that alone headspace. Like for people who like I once heard Chris Rock in an interview give like a really good little piece of advice that like for people who are just hanging around people too much, you know, you need to have. A bit of alone time. Yeah, go away. <laughs> you need go to have. You, you need to yourself. be in your head a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, it was a neat little short. Like, was so that was the first time you directed. That was the that was the second time I directed. The first thing that I ever directed was in 
the other college that I went to before I transferred to William Patterson. Okay. And that was, that was just a complete piece of shit. Like that oh. was just like for a project. I didn't know anything about filmmaking. The professor was co completely incompetent, taught us no theory whatsoever. He was just like, go buy a camera and go shoot stuff. And then yeah. he was like, here's final cut. And I'm like, how do I edit stuff? <laughs> and he pretty much, he was like the most absentee professor I've ever seen and he just sucked. So I just kind of did what I thought was the thing to do, I guess, kind of. I still mm. have it on VHS somewhere. Mm. And it's really dumb. It's just like a it's called Stabby Guy Horror Movie Thing. <laughs> and it's Is that the title? Yeah, and it's oh. this, it's there's this there's this rash of killings. These women are are turning up dead and no one can figure out what the murder weapon is. Mm. And um, you know, there's this detective on the case, but he's about to retire. And he's got to train this new guy. And he's like, oh, I don't like you, new guy. You're too new. I don't like you. Uh, I'm about to retire. I don't need this case. But it's seven, pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and then, like, they're trying to figure out what is the murder weapon. There's no evidence. There's no shrapnel. There's no, like, mm. bullet fragments. There's no... It doesn't make... It doesn't match a blade. Like, what is it? Who's, who is this person? How are they killing these people? Um, and then you, there's, like, this reveal of who it is. Um... No one's ever going to see it. Uh, it was a guy. I don't know why I'm trying to hide it. It was a. No, it, no, no. I think it's important, though, to note that, you know, what every. A lot of filmmakers or people who want to start out will think, oh, I got to make something really great no, my first time out. No, no, like, you're a not lot going what, to. No, a lot of what you'll do the first time out. It's goofy. It's it, silly. It's for shits. Like, if you're not doing the first thing that you ever do for shits, you're like, just get it out of your system. Like, oh, yeah. get it out of your system. Go do something. Because this is the thing. You're never going to make exactly what you want to make the first time you do it. Because you don't know how yet. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, like, you know, when I was, again, this is maybe dating me a little bit. But I was back, when I was back at William Patterson, it was still in the death throes. But it was still when they were using 16 millimeter. And, uh, you know, and they even had, like, Steenbecks and stuff where you could, like, cut your fingers literally by yeah. editing on razors and like the first thing i shot um oddly enough uh it was called uh, fear and loathing on the front porch and it was where i play a guy who's waiting on a front porch and the door opens and i get my ass kicked by action figure cartman and action figure silent bob and i'm okay. and i'm saved by action figure luke skywalker except the action figure had lost its head for some reason. I forget what happened. I hate when your Luke and Skywalker loses his head. No, yeah, and instead on his head, and it was Luke Skywalker with Yoda on his back, and on his head <laughs> was uh, Mr. T, and then Mr. T saves the day. And this was shot on As 16 millimeter, and I put uh, the Who's I can't explain onto the track, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, like something you had to you had to you know spew something out into the world, but it's like it, you know. Uh, but it's almost good to do that, so then is. you can kind of progress, and you can, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of work out your own voice. When you're a new, when you're a newborn baby deer, you just fell out of your mom, <laughs> and you stand up. The first step you take is not going to be a graceful one. You're going to fall flat on your little deer rear, your deer mm -hmm. rear. If you expect to stand up and the first step that you take is you running a 5K, well, clearly that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So make that stupid, funny, silly project with your buddies 
whatever. Yeah. Just do it and make it and get it out there because yeah. it's never, you know, the first your your directorial debut. You know, people like to say that um, uh, Inaritu with his oh, it's his first oh, Birdman is his directorial debut, and it's like <laughs> no, he probably made a whole bunch of shitty little crappy movies with like him and his buddies or whatever. If you think that's the first thing that he ever stamped director on, mm. it's not first feature maybe sure, yeah. mm-hmm. but. It's never anybody's first anything. Nothing is ever that flawless and beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, going back to Tarantino, I mean, it's probably, it almost is in a weird way intimidating the fact that the first thing he pops out into the world is Reservoir Dogs. And people think, oh my God, this is so mind blowing. I want to do that. And then you get like a hundred Tarantino knockoffs, which aren't very good. Yeah. But. uh, I would love if somebody were knocking off of me. I wanted that, like, that's one of my, like, one of my mm. personal goals in life is that I do something that I see people, like, next year all of a sudden people are doing this thing that I did. That's right that's on. how you know that you're, like... When you've entered into the lexicon. Yeah, you're a force of, you're a force to be reckoned with or, a, you know, that you, 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 you cause people to bob up and down in your wake in yeah. some way. Mm. That's That's definitely a goal. Yeah. Now, another project, though, that you've, uh, that you've got going on, uh is this thing called College Radio Day. Right. And uh, this is a do- like a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, a couple of years now. Is it something that has been kind of going on off and on? It's the, it, it's, we initially, uh, College Radio Day is, is, is this um, organization that they do every year. They do College Radio Day, this event where hmm. all the college radio stations, well, I don't, I don't know, like it's. Uh, Across the country? Participation is voluntary, but there's, there's like a national college radio day and then there's like a world college radio okay. day. So it's, it's grown and it's blossomed. And it's this, it's, it's trying, it's this organization that's trying to be kind of a movement and sort of a, a unifying force, um, but not a controlling crappy unifying force because the great thing about college radio is that it's fiercely independent Hmm. um you know you you look at commercial radio and there's just this complete corporatization of radio the new york radio market is the saddest radio market (laughs) i was in shreveport louisiana and i heard the coolest radio because they're a tiny little city you know and they can do more whatever they want because they're not not all their stations are owned by these huge conglomerates but new york new york is just terrible oh yeah well it's like you know the same five stations are playing the same five songs yeah you maybe get like two hours out of the entire week where you hear some some interesting stuff something of substance right so so the only recourse to people who still care about radio as a medium is public radio which is which is great um and college radio which is kind of the place where you're going to mm. find the the people who are going to be great radio personalities tomorrow yeah. so you know they're younger they're more raw they don't have it quite together as much yeah. as as a public station does but all of that independence and that that spirit is still against corporatization and very against unification of any yeah. kind because they're like screw you we're doing our own thing man we got our own thing going here we got this is the sound that you'll never hear anywhere else because we're the only people doing it it's like that's great but you get a lot of real individual voices too so it's like if you don't like this dj well here's another one but the, the problem is that there are a lot there's a, a disturbing trend in the last five to ten years mm. of colleges kind of deciding to 
sell off their FM licenses huh. or shut down their facilities. Um, is, is because, it because it's not traditionally a money making well, thing. Well, I was going to ask: Is the I would ma- like in the years since you've been working there, and I should have mentioned to, to make this in context that you also work at the college radio station at William Patterson, which is pretty awesome. Um, so you've been there like five years longer. Eight years. Oh, eight years. Okay. Seven, so, yeah, seven so since years. you've been at the college yourself, mm-hmm. so have you have you seen that change because of the how much the internet is overcrowding into how people are just listening to music that way? Where there are some people like the lovable community of of, of weirdos, local local people um, who are into independent radio are always going to be fans, right? the people who know the students are always going to be paying attention. The The thing is, if if college radio doesn't kind of start making itself into a unique enough commodity, like an actual thing that's in some kind of demand, right? you know, then they run the risk of possibly... And, and then there's also, you know, the fact that we, from 2009 on, we've been in this awful recession. Mm. And colleges are feeling that public and private they're feeling that yeah so is if the question is oh well do we keep this college radio station that runs us x amount of dollars per year because we have to pay subscription fees to bmi and ascap and csac and all these you know all these organizations plus you know the license thing and we need a lawyer on retainer for fcc business and we need an engineer and we need our equipment maintenance and and all this kind of thing it's like or we could just shut the station down and save some money. So mm. some colleges are like, you know, mm. the college radio station that they have is kind of on the chopping block. And, and we've been seeing several of them go down in recent years. Mm. And um, College Radio Day is uh, a, an organization that not only wants to kind of get everybody together to acknowledge college radio as a medium, everybody one day a year let's have some solidarity we're not asking you to do any special programming we're not asking you to change anything about what you are but just acknowledge that the medium itself is worth cherishing yeah but they also um are kind of an advocacy group now for stations that are in 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 at risk to being shut down Mm -hmm. so they're very um they're very pro college radio they think it's a it's a they think it's a thing that's worth saving um, they think it's a thing that has a special place because it it gives students hands-on kind of experience and exposure that they couldn't possibly get anywhere else. Yeah. And um, you know they're always they're always trying to champion the cause of of college radio, and I think that that's really cool mm. because you know part of who I am today I wouldn't be as ridiculous of a person as I am <laughs> if I hadn't have been allowed to go on the air and discover who i was for three hours a week right on you know on air so it's like you know i'm i i i find the whole because i'm kind of inside the industry there's so much about it that that the regular person doesn't know Hmm. a lot Um, of the politics and stuff there's some interesting politicking going on so apparently there is a there's a documentary about college radio that's actually coming out soon. Oh, um, we just okay. found out about it. It's called Dead Air: The Rise and Ruin of College Radio. Mm. And we know nothing about it other than the title. Like they just threw up a website like 8 days ago or something. Oh. And we're like, "Wow, The Rise and Ruin? Like 
that's not the perspective that we have on it at all, that it's up and now it's down. Like, yeah. we don't, I don't find it to be down. I don't think that the medium is going anywhere. I think that the medium has to adapt. Yeah. But I don't think that, I don't think that it's down for the count yet by any means. Yeah. Well, again, it's, uh, you know, it's a matter of, you know, there are certain, again, things, ironically, I'm saying this on a podcast, which is, I guess, an internet radio show. Right. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, a lot, most radio stations are improvising and adapting and they're actually making podcasts part of what they do now. That's yeah, part of yeah. the content that they're generating. Oh, of course. I mean, so, I, yeah, I end up listening to certain things from like public radio on like online too. Hey, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to tune into radio lab whenever radio lab comes on <laughs> WNYC every week. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, hmm. but I'm going to download the podcast. I'm going to listen to it that way. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but your, for, for, for your documentary, how, like how long, how long, how much along do you see it being? I mean, we're still kind of gathering interviews from the people that we find relevant or on, mm. on on posts on on anything just because we need there's certain voices that we need sure so it's some of it has to do with access mm. um because i'm working with college radio day as an organization mm. it's i mean there's no organization out there that's that everybody loves them all the time so there's there's people that are not as willing to talk to me because of that hmm. the politicking is very interesting so <laughs> so there's almost politicking kind of this... so there's so there's politicking you know in the organization but there's also politicking in order to get the interviews kind of so there it's this there's this it's kind of this off and on off and on oh we can get this person right now okay let's go get them hmm. as we can get them we're getting them so and there's no kind of clear conclusion to this because there's still so many things that are kind of happening yeah uh, in terms of legislation, that's also, you know, the, 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 the FCC is kind of its own landscape and it's constantly changing and, and shifting. Yeah. So that's kind of got its own, th like, there's just so much to explore. So a lot of it's, it's also it's about, to... it's finding the right focus, I yeah. guess. Cause when you're making a documentary, you end up kind of, you write it as you're editing too. Yeah. So. That's the great thing about a documentary though, is that you have that kind of freedom to let the form hmm. that it's going to take tell you that yeah. instead of you trying to like i'm not going to take this footage and, and and be like well i'm going to find one common thread through it all and mm. that'll be that it's like that's not really a decision that you should be trying yeah. to make as a documentarian mm. you should be letting the footage kind of speak to you mm. not trying to tell it what you want from it mm. so that's a it's a very different process than from someday yeah. you'll be my wife which was very much just like we are creating this yeah <laughs> this is this would never have existed without without us deciding to go make this happen and um it did the great thing about it though is that it did almost feel as spontaneous somewhat as as a documentary can sometimes feel when you're hmm. shooting it because it's you just i don't know it, that's the great thing about about filmmaking in general is that you have this idea of what you want hmm gonna whatever you get is never gonna be precisely exactly what you had in your brain but sometimes it's better and sometimes stuff happens that you're like oh wow that's that's actually that's actually more than i could have hoped for or that's different <laughs> yeah. that's different and better than i hoped for mm. it's you, fun yeah actually and i was gonna ask though to, like again because one of the things killer gusta was that movie keeping punch keep punching yeah did you was there anything from that that might have influenced you for for doing this documentary um, it was a good primer, mm. certainly. Um, 
it was like, well, this is how you do this, and this is how you you have to learn to uh, conduct yourself. Because mm. it's a it's a different. You're playing by a different set of rules. You're kind of going and. You need to know what questions to ask you and what you to... what can hopefully give you stuff to use. Yeah, and you're not asking for a performance; you're asking for the truth. Yeah. So it's it's a different ball game. Absolutely. Um. So. And you got, and it also teaches. It also taught me kind of to roll with the punches because it's like. Uh, no, made, no, no pun intended. Pun totally intended. <laughs> we we had to. Uh, Sorry, I just I couldn't resist. We had to, you know, we had to follow a boxer around. We couldn't determine beforehand if he's going to win or lose the fight. We had no idea. Hmm. We're just going to show up with a camera, and whatever happens, we're going to capture it. So yeah. it's you know you have to roll with things, and that even kind of applies to. To the, you know, to, to making someday you'll be my wife. It's like sometimes you yeah. just show up on set and, you know, we talked about earlier how just like you don't, when you're in the trenches with somebody, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I have what no if, idea. Yeah. Well, what if, uh, I mean, also, it's also the thing of, well, what if there's a new idea that comes mm-hmm. up from somebody and that's much better than what we thought of? Yeah. You know, do you take that idea? Do you maybe say, no, let's not do that idea? It's sometimes there were, a decision. There were a couple times. Uh, when we were shooting Someday I'll Be My Wife where somebody would just kind of off the cuff have something. And it's like, hey, what if we did this? And sometimes it was like, yeah, we can do that right this second. Let's mm. go do that. And then sometimes it was like, I understand why you said it, but there's no way we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. Well, also the thing, too, sometimes it's like you have to deal with practicalities. Like right. what you have in your head just can't be done. Like, like. I can have this idea, but Clark can't shoot that. Yeah. As much as he's like the man, you know, even he can't pull that off. For being, example, being the being a director in this for this project to me almost kind of felt like being a referee mm. because it's like okay, this 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 is the this is the crew team and this is the cast team and we're gonna make them, you know, and this is the environment over here. Yeah, and this is you know the the practical issues, and this is the, this is the prop thing over here, and they're mm. all gonna go fight with each other. <laughs> they're all gonna scramble together, and uh, and it's my job to kind of be like, okay, yeah, hey, all right, good job, or no, not good job, do it again. Exactly. It it you know it feel it felt because of the fact that we had like very very low budget, it 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 felt very much like managerial, but luckily we had the whole process leading up to the production was so creative and so kind of free flowing and, and everything that you hope a brainstorming session is going to be, it was that. And then you put it together and yes, I like that. Yes, I like that. And it, it was so pleasant that the hardships that you go through during a production day, it's like, okay, well you got to deal with that no matter what. Yeah. You always have to deal with uh, somebody who said they were going to show up and didn't show up or you, you know, well, the location is a little bit different than we thought it was going to be. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. You know. Yeah. Or or I've, I've or if you're was any of this shot outside? Yeah. Okay. Now uh, yeah. you also have to deal with temperature too. There were uh, the majority of scenes were shot outside. Okay. Actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, because then you know, like I don't know if you've dealt with this, but I've I've been on set and the temperature will be way below freezing and like the battery will drain out of the camera. I mean, we shot we shot our first full production day was July 27th. Okay, so it was the opposite thing. So was it especially hot? <sighs> <laughs> That's the answer right there. <laughs> yeah. Um we had to do, you know, it was like everybody sunblock. Sunblock it up cuz mm. you know, we're out here all day. 
We shot three scenes in one day. We had we had two two company moves in one day. Mm. I mean, because I had to get done. I'm like, I'm packing. Yeah. If I got you guys, I got you for the whole day. I'm going to pack as much as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah. And then the second day, we shot an overnight shoot, and that was two scenes that we shot. Mm. And then the third day was two scenes. And then the fourth, fifth, and sixth days, we had one scene, one scene, two scenes mm. done. So it... It was ridiculous. Jeez. Do you think that you would shoot like that again? Would you change up your scheduling and stuff? We were we were kind of fighting with the fact that Tiger Man plays an incredible amount of shows during the summer. Mm. So, so you was, had to squeeze them in to yeah. the schedule, too. So there were some scenes that they don't star in, or there's only a couple of them, but mm. if they're all playing somewhere mm. none of them are showing up uh. so that was a thing like you know it ended up the the shooting days were all very spread out mm. very very okay. spread out so we started on july 7th no july 27th we wrapped october 7th okay yeah so we didn't shoot that whole time obviously we shot for six days but sometimes you have to just work that way based on what you can do but that's the great thing too it's not as though we were making like a traditional movie where you have to go mm. to the set you got to go to the same set again. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, God, well, all the leaves fell off the trees. Yeah. This is the last time we were here. What are mm-hmm. we going to do? It was... Well, there, well, in a way, that's that lends itself also to documentary because if you have, uh, you know, you, if, you're, if you're filming in a real place, you have to use that environment. Then mm-hmm. you're kind of, you're, there's sometimes the cliche of, you know, even though it's a fiction, it's a documentary of that fiction. Happening. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. As weird as it can be. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's weird. <laughs> I mean, some of the locations, like the the um, the second to last day of shooting, we didn't get that location locked until the day before. Mm. The day before. I mean, up until that point, and I had other stuff going on. Like, I think we confirmed the location when I was in Atlanta at the airport, like getting into a, getting onto a plane. It was just uh-huh. like, oh, oh, we can do that. Okay, cool, great. All right, I gotta, I gotta go. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know you. When you when you are making a micro budget film of any kind, you you have you can't yeah. you, you can't just put your life on hold. You can't do it. You have to make it work around your life and hope that you can still maintain the quality that you would want to attach your name to. Of course. And luckily, when it's a fiction, it's nobody knows how close or far it the finished product came to being what you had in your head Hmm. so you really only have yourself to answer to in that regard yeah and then of course the last thing is if how people accept it which is out of your control totally out of my control but i'm one of the harshest critics of myself as i think most people with a brain in their head are Hmm. self-critical it's it's part of being a, a human being with 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 Standards. With with at least half the marbles you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, standards. And I like it. I like it a lot. I like my, you know, and, and I'm the first person to be like, ugh. I, I, I screwed up, man. I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. Mm. But I didn't. So mm. I'm happy no matter what. I'm still, I mean, I'm still tweaking it. It's not even, it's not even done, 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 done. <laughs> it's not even done, done. Right. Um, we already got into one festival, but I'm not even done yeah. with it yet. Well, that's why, as I, I mean, I, again, in full disclosure, I, I haven't even seen it yet. 
it's, so I'm I'm I'll be, I'm I'm probably even I'm more I'm most excited of all to see it. It's it comes out on April sixteenth though, so that's as done as it can possibly be because it'll be out by then. You can't you can't yeah. you can't you can't just take it off of YouTube because then all of your precious views are mm. gone. Yeah. So actually, I was just to make this clear. So April sixteenth, I saw online that at seven p.m. it's going to be playing at the Primus New Jersey VFW. Yeah, we pretty much are throwing ourselves a party. Nice. Just to get it out there, Tiger Man is going to play. Uh, our good friends in a, in a, another band called Moonfighter are going to play. We're going to mm-hmm. show the video. There's a bar. I mean, we invited press. Obviously, you as press are invited, but you're also invited <laughs> just because I know you. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to yeah, wear, wear my little wear press little badge, badge to show off. To your people. Badge. <laughs> if you can wear like the fedora mm. with the press badge in the yeah. In the wow, of what the a hat. scoop! Yeah. I need to have like a trench coat when yes. I show up. Um. So is it also is it also going online or are you going to wait? Yeah, so it's going same day? it's going okay. yeah, so it's kind of like the mm. the end all be all premiere. So And then the other thing I wanted to mention too is that it's playing at the New York City Independent Film Festival. Correct. As well. So was that So for the New York peeps yeah. who don't feel like making the jump across the river, uh you can see it on April 29th. Yeah, April 29th, 10:30 p.m. Yeah. So is that part of that's part of a block? Yeah, um we're playing with a bunch of uh, of music videos, and oh. I, I, I'm curious because it's like if I got in, then clearly there's some some standards of quality there. So I hope that I see some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always interesting to see what stands out or what doesn't. Yeah, that's I the mean, one thing with a short. It's like you almost like feel bad asking people to come all the way out to see your nine minute thing, mm. but at the same time, it's like okay, well. You're also going to see a whole bunch of other weird stuff, yeah. well, and some of it is is going to be cool. Well, that's all. Well, that goes back to, uh, and I don't want to get this too longer, but that goes back also to the forty hour fest. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you make something and you go to that festival, you watch like how many movies? Like 25, 30 movies. It's probably not that many, but I think it's if, probably they they break it depending on how many people. Uh, they're different submit blocks. Their, they put it into different blocks of like twelve or fifteen, yeah. I think. But I always see a range of quality from stuff that's being, you know, very serious and mm-hmm. stuff that's just what were you thinking and stuff that's you know really high quality. And I love seeing stuff that it's like I know what they were going for. Yeah. And they have that potential there. And sometimes that's really nice. Like cuz some people it's like oh you can tell that they're just really good at after effects. So they played to their strengths and they just made this thing and they made it look all sexy and sleek and whatever and okay, but plot-wise yeah. it was empty and lame. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are like it looks silly. It's hokey and goofy, but I know what they were going for, and I appreciate and respect what what the vision was. Yeah. So you get there's like a different there's a different there's a range of possible reactions you can have when you see shorts in a block because they're never just going to show the one. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. And uh, and if anybody wants to check out other things that Rissa and Killer Goose have done, uh, is it KillerGooseFilms.com? KillerGooseFilms.com, yep. And also on all the social media interwebs, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, yep. um, all those good things. Um, so yeah, April 16th, look for Someday You'll Be My Wife, and you know, you'll rock out with uh, the ass jazz. And, uh... <laughs> the musical stylings, the ass jazz of Tiger Man. <laughs> and, uh, and I want to thank you for ha- for coming on today. 
Hey, thank you for having me. I haven't seen you in a hot minute, so just yeah, a good excuse as any. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's that's sometimes a good way for me to reconnect with people. Is hey, come on my podcast. And hey, let's, let's do some <laughs> let's do some business. Oh yeah, and there's pleasure involved. Cool. Yeah. 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 Again, I'm not. You know, like I said, I'm not like a super uptight like i'm hello friends i'm terry gross and today i have on this <laughs> this is fresh air yeah you with, don't you don't look very terry grossish to me no i'm not like a little uh like old jewish woman you, so. listen you know manoush samarodi okay no <laughs> you know manoush <laughs> and uh and that's all for today and just remember the wages of cinema is death have a good Chinese food. I tore the fabric of space and time and I fell in love with you. And as you ate your tiny corn, just a drooling and a dripping snot, I felt the infection of your love and the fever's running hot.